You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, these, my brothers and sisters, have come to the sanctuary today to worship you, Lord, to give you thanks, to sing praise, to hear your word, and hear your word in a way that they can understand. Lord, that can only happen by your power and presence. We ask for that blessing, Lord, that you will be with the words that will be spoken, that they will be in obedience to your heavenly will and bless the ears of those that they will fall upon. It is in your precious name, Lord Jesus, that we ask for these things in this way. Amen. I'm sure at some time, in some way, we've all had this experience. For me, one of the first times that I had it, I can actually come close to the year. The year was right around 1987. My dad went to be in the arms of Jesus Christ in 1989. He passed at the age of 67 which was a lot longer than we thought because at the age of 52 he had a massive heart attack which took out 80% of his heart. But the Lord was kind to him. So in 1987 I received a phone call and it was one of those phone calls that you didn't want to hear but you knew was going to come. And it was your dad was rushed to the hospital. I actually have a place in my old Bible where I wrote some notes from that day because what I did was I prayed. I bowed my head, I closed my eyes, I folded my hands and I prayed and I said, Lord, if there is a way that I could get that suffering so my dad did, I would take that upon myself. There was at that same time frame, too, that I was saying a daily prayer. And the prayer that I was saying was, I was asking the Lord for his second coming. Lord, the world's a mess. The world is so far off from your holy scripture. Would you please come soon? Bless you. And... What I sensed was the Spirit's response was this. Are you sure that everyone you love knows me? But what you're asking for would not be good for those who don't. 
I have never prayed that prayer again. This is what the Apostle Paul is speaking about today in the book of Romans. He is saying, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. He has such tremendous concern and compassion for his his brethren and his kinsmen because they are not accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He is in great sorrow. He was hoping, he is stating in there that if he could take on their disbelief, he would do it so that he would suffer and that they would not. It is very similar to what I just explained to you. And I'm sure that each and every one of us, at some point, whether being holding a child in our arms, saying, Lord, why do they have to be sick? Why can't I be sick instead of them? And Paul is crying out to his brethren and his kinsmen in this way. Because you see, they have put a charge against him. They put a charge against Paul saying, you don't care about our salvation. You want to take what we have known, what has been passed down to us in Scripture, and you want to push it aside and discard it. They thought Paul was trying to take something away from them that they had. But Paul was so deeply in love with them that he was willing to, if he could transfer his faith to them, he would. But just like us, faith is not transferable. Faith is given to us by God. It is a gift that we receive. But nevertheless, Paul now is addressing his kinsmen and telling them that You have to understand that I am not bringing a charge or a fault against you, but rather a concern. And it is this very reason why Paul, when he returns to Jerusalem, will be arrested and taken into custody and spend the rest of his life under armed guard in the Roman Empire because his kinsmen would continually try to kill him because they thought he was taking something from them that they had a right to. And Paul, just like us in our examples, when we ask if this could happen to us, it's not that we're acting strong. We're acting out of absolute love. The love that is kindred to our Christ. Because it is written in ancient texts this way. Christ's greatest woe was his greatest joy. What does that mean? That means when he hung on the cross, it was the greatest woe of his life. That he had to suffer in that way. But it was his greatest joy because he knew by doing that, he would offer salvation to all who would believe in his name. His greatest woe, his greatest sorrow 
was his greatest joy. And this is exactly what Paul is saying. His love for the people were of the same type as Christ. He would rather have himself condemned so that the people would believe and would bring joy. Paul goes on to remind the brethren that are is accusing him of trying to minimize them and to take things away that they think they rightfully have. He recalls to them the fact that we, I know, we all know that you have been adopted. Out of all of the people in the world, God chose them. The people didn't gather together and say, what we need to do is we need to go find a God. No, God went to Ur of the Chaldeans and found Abram and said to Abram, you go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. Him who curses you I will curse and those who bless you I will bless and by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. The adoption. God chose a people. Paul is telling them, I understand this, that you are the adoption. He goes on to tell them that you are also the glory. Because as we read through scripture and the way that Isaiah says it in today's text, you are the Holy One of Israel. The glory of Israel was to introduce the world to a relationship with the very creator of the world. Yours are the covenant. The covenant that was made with Abraham by which it would be fulfilled in Jesus Christ and by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. And the covenant of circumcision which was a marking in the flesh so that it would be a daily reminder that you are people of God. Now that changes in the New Testament, but that's not where we're at in this understanding of Scripture. So Paul then moves and says, you are also the ones who received the law. So when this promise that was made that Abraham would become a great nation and they became a multitude of people and they were delivered out of Egypt and they were taken to Mount Sinai and they were given the law written on stone never to be changed that's why they were written on stone unchangeable it was given to this people it was given to you, my brethren, my kinsmen. And with that came the awareness and the knowledge of sin. But God, being the God he was to his adopted people and the glory and the covenants, said, now that you know what sin is, now you have to understand how forgiveness happens. And the whole worship life of God's people began. Moses was given instruction and the people of God built the, temp the tabernacle, the tent of the meeting. And they built the Ark of the Covenant, which was placed in it 
the unchangeable law. And they were set up in such a way that no matter where Israel went, God was with them. The tent of the meeting went before them. The Ark of the Covenant went before them. Yours are the promises, he tells the people who think he's trying to take something away from them. The promises that God will be with you and that by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. That he will make this promise to King David that someone from your genealogy will sit on the throne forever. It is from this people that the patriarchs came. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The pathway by which the plan was instituted and the plan moves forward. And it is from this people, Paul goes on to say, that in the flesh it is Christ's genealogy that is traced to that. And it is through these people, it is through those he was speaking to, crying out to them about his concern and love for them. He recognized that the promises would be fulfilled. So what Paul is telling his brothers, his brethren and his kinsmen is, I understand all of these things. I am not taking them away from you. I'm not telling you that you wasted your time, that God's word was not fulfilled. He used these things as a vehicle, but they were not the cargo. The cargo was yet to come. And Paul was there to tell him, I will explain to you what the cargo is. You see, this passage from Romans is talking to us about how salvation came to us. From the very beginning, all the vehicles that were used, adoption, glory, covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, the promises, the patriarchs, All of these things were vehicles by which salvation would be delivered. He was not taking anything away with them. He was helping them to understand that salvation was now available because God had done all these things in their midst. But you can't stop at the vehicle. You have to get all the way to the cargo, which is Jesus Christ. He goes on to share with them because some will say, well, we're children of Abraham. So there was this mindset that somehow it was by blood succession. It was by blood and flesh that the promises and all of these things from God were delivered. And now the apostle explains to them that it was not through Abraham the promise was made, but the promise is carried through Isaac. Because if it was by the flesh and blood of Abraham, well, we have to understand that Abraham, his name was Abram first. 
Then his name was changed to Abraham. And what does it mean? The father of many nations. So it cannot be by blood and flesh that these promises are made. The salvation doesn't come through the flesh and blood. Because Abraham had a son named Ishmael. He was born before Isaac. And then when Abraham was 90, Abraham was 99 years old and his wife was 90, God says, I will be back here next year at that age and you will have a son. And this is what Paul is speaking about. It is through the promise. The promise that when their strength was used up, they were like a dry tree that God would bless them and they would have a son which would fulfill the covenants and the promise. And after this, Sarah, who is the mother of Isaac, lives to be 127 years of age. So she spent 37 years with her son. And it says that as we go into the 25th chapter of Genesis that Abram lived to 175. At 125, which was, would be right about the time after Sarah passed, Abraham married a woman named Keturah and had six more children. So this is Paul's point. You cannot say we are descendants of Abraham. Because not all of the descendants of Abraham have the gift of the promise. The promise comes through Isaac and then through Rebekah. And there will be twins in her womb. And when the twins were in her womb, the apostle goes on to remind them that God already spoke and said that the older will serve the younger. So we can see through this here that the cargo of salvation that was carried by these vehicles comes to this point that there is going to be a difference. Not everyone from Israel was from Israel. And unfortunately, not everyone who says they are Christian are of Christ. It is the faith. It is the faith that God calls us to, that is given to us as a gift. The same way there was twins, same father, same mother. One of the twins, the older Esau, which becomes the Edomites, was rejected. But the younger which was Jacob that was changed to the name Israel. There is the promise. There is the faith. There is the pathway of salvation for each and every one of us. Because I don't know about you, but if we were depending upon uh, how we participate with things, or if we descended from Abraham, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Faith had to come in because God's plan of salvation was for all people. 
We either participate in that faith or we don't. The message that Paul puts forward today in this little writing from Romans is the pathway for our salvation. It is the only pathway that's available. It cannot be changed. It cannot be lessened. And of course it cannot be added to. By grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing but from a gift that was given to you from God. That is from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. A word written to us. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that Thou art. Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my life.